Hello and welcome to the Essential B2B Podcast, brought to you as ever by Lead Forensics. I am your host, Joe Ducaro. This episode features a conversation with Christina Garnett, MBA, Principal Marketing Manager for HubSpot. Christina was a wonderful guest who offered up a lot of insight into her work in marketing, particularly around the perception of people who work in social media. Remember to subscribe to the Essential B2B Podcast wherever you get your pods and give us a five-star rating where possible. So without further ado, here is Christina Garnett on the Essential B2B Podcast. What do you love about your industry and is there anything you would change about it? So my work is the intersection of community, brand affinity and social. So marketing as a whole, but that whole span. And for me, I get bored very easily. And it is impossible to get bored in my job. There's updates, there's things that change, there's algorithms, there's new like Twitter owners, there's all these things that throw a monkey wrench into things, but I'm never bored. And I absolutely adore that about it. It's a fast pace and it's an ever-changing world, isn't it, I suppose? So Mm -hmm. is there anything you would change about your industry at all? I think that I would change the way that social media people are treated. I find that we've done a really good job of educating people, but they're still not really given the respect that they deserve. They are working weird hours. They, day of the Super Bowl, they're going to, that's a working day for them. They're in a war room. They are ready to go. And I think that we take for granted how much we all live on social, but that content doesn't just like magically appear. Yes. And so I think that the understanding that they have to have the strategic understanding of analytics and audience understanding and just meme culture and pop culture and everything in between they are like a bustling like nexus of online information and i don't think that after years after over a decade and a half of social i still don't think they have the respect that they deserve so that's what i would change i wholeheartedly agree with you on that one, christina because as someone I've, I've run socials for various different companies and some pieces around that And I I do think there is definitely still this perception of, oh, they just put pretty pictures up and write nice stuff about it. It's like, it is a little more in depth than that. Just a little bit, just a little bit. (laughs) Who inspires you? I would probably say like from a work perspective, Matt Navarra, absolutely adore him. He is on the cutting edge. I find new stuff about him. Like he drops stuff before like news does. Absolutely a must follow. In terms of like just a human, Chef Jose Andres, I think he is just like a saint. I think he's an absolute saint. You can almost tell where something bad has happened because he will be there feeding people, taking care of people. He is a saint, modern day saint. Absolutely, I love him. And so when it comes to like being a better human, he's who inspires me. That sounds like a very worthy sort of thing to to spend your time doing. This next question I have for you, Christina, this can be personal or professional. It can be both. Perhaps they bleed over, but... What do you consider to be your greatest achievement? My greatest achievement is my kids. I, without divulging too much, I didn't have the happiest childhood. And so I never saw myself having kids because I didn't want to repeat the cycle that I was born into. And as my husband reminds me all the time, you've broken the cycle. They're happy. They're healthy. They, they feel loved. And so that's it. Yeah. What more could you ask for? Absolutely. (laughs) What? really motivates you though at the start of the day start of your week what gets you out of bed for me i was that like tortured gifted kid so it's always what's next what's next what are we where do we go so i'm always looking for like what's the next thing i can do where can i excel at the next thing get the next a essentially as an adult and so it's that for me it's that like overachiever kind of thing that's 
it never goes away. What is the next thing? What are you chasing currently then, Christina? I'm writing a book about brand affinity. <laughs> Fantastic. How's the writing process? How are you finding that? It's hard. I, a lot of my writing, I was an English major in college. And so a lot of my like natural writing is fiction and this is clearly nonfiction. And so it takes, it's a completely different muscle. Like I would write nonfiction and it would just pour out of my fingertips. Like I would just like type feverishly. And then I look up and there's all this prose. That's not how this book is happening. <laughs> it's very different. It's very different. It's not often it's, in fiction you have to write a citation or link to the bibliography, yeah. anything like that. Yeah. So Yeah. <laughs> Have you tried the, the Haruki Murakami um, writing style of getting up at 4 a.m. and writing from... No. <laughs> no. Anything that involves waking up before... If it's not a flight or an emergency, I'm not getting up at that time. That's not... That'll be a very violent book I would write. I'd just <laughs> in anger and, like, exhaustion. It would not be very good. I look forward to your book coming out, Christina. I will 100% thanks, be reading thanks. that one. Thank you. How do you then decompress from work? And how important to you is that divide between your work and your personal life? It's huge. It's absolutely huge. I'm a bit of a workaholic and my husband is very good about keeping me centered. So he'll say it's, he waits till there's a point where it's, no, you're done. I don't care what's left. And he'll just say pencils down. So he'll just say pencils down. And I know that's me just, and he's basically giving me permission to be like, You've done enough today. You can just walk away from it. And then I surround myself with people who make me laugh. That's the best, that's the best thing I can have in my life that helps me like decompress. And, and just people who don't take themselves too seriously. I find that's an energy I like immediately gravitate towards because it immediately is, I'm not curing cancer. Mm. It's not. And so it's okay. Like the work can wait for 24 hours. It's very easy to lose that perspective, isn't it? Of just that, yeah, yeah. it's good to work hard, obviously, and everything like that. You don't get this social post written today. If you don't finish this report until tomorrow morning, is that really yeah. the end of the world? And it, it can feel like that, can't it? It really can feel yeah. like I need to get this finished. But having an absolute finish point, and by the way, I am adopting that for my wife, that pencil's down. Do one, it. That is Do adorable. It. What a lovely I way absolutely love it. And it's nope. <laughs> Come on, that's it now. Let's go and make dinner or something. Yeah, pencil's down. <laughs> pencil's down. Amazing. If you had to give one piece of advice to the listeners of the Essential B2B podcast right now, what is that one top tip you'd like people to take away? Give yourself grace. It's been a really long three, three and a half years for many of us. And we are still punishing ourselves for things that we didn't control or couldn't control. And so I think that's also a reason why so many of us are burned out and exhausted and tired and also have imposter syndrome on top of that. So we're burning ourselves out. But then when we look at what we've accomplished, we're like, nope, still not good enough. And so you just got to give yourself grace. Mm. Well, got to give yourself grace. It's a lovely sentiment that just to touch on the, the imposter syndrome, bizarrely, it's come up a lot on the essential B2B. Mm -hmm. Not surprised. This is it. So I heard something really that really put it in perspective for me in terms of imposter syndrome is that I was listening to a podcast and it was funny, but it was with a musician and he said he plays in orchestras and all that sort of thing. He gets imposter syndrome all the time. But then he said, if you're an imposter, why do you keep getting asked back? Why, why are you still employed? Why are you still in that position if you don't really know what you're doing? 
And I just, yeah. that is completely recontextualized how I think about things like that. Because I think imposter syndrome, we've all experienced it to some sort of extent, but that is exactly yeah. how I'm going to internalize it from now on. Oh, 100%. I think it's also a symptom of caring so much because you get to a point where if you are passionate enough about the work that you do, that you want to protect it from frauds, even if you yourself are a fraud. And I also think there's this understanding of, especially in professionals, as professionals, we've gotten to a point where like our entire life is essentially like different sprints. Like for me, I find that imposter syndrome always hits me hardest after a win. Like I feel like on cloud nine for a good 10, 15 minutes. And then that voice in my back, in the back of my head is like, it's not good enough. But I think it comes down to, we've gotten to the point where it's like, finish the sprint, launch the campaign, celebrate for five to 15 minutes, next sprint. And so I think it's, I think it's a mixture of those two things. We care so much. We want to protect it, but we also are in this, like this rote process of next sprint. What's next? Mm, absolutely. And so, so we take that little cupcake, we got the little cupcake and then we're like, and we're done. And the wind doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> Sadly, but it, it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's a shame. It is a shame. But Christina Garnett, thank you so much for joining me for the Essential B2B podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. It was great.